0: Welcome to the I Want to Know podcast. I'm Josh Spector, and I'll be your host. If you don't know who I am, I'm the creator of the For the Interested newsletter, which you can check out at fortheinterested.com. And if you're new here, this podcast exists to help creative entrepreneurs get their questions answered. Here's how it works. Each episode, a different guest comes on and asks me three questions. We have about a five-minute conversation around each of them, and that's it. We get straight to the point, hopefully give you lots of actionable tips that you can use to help grow your audience and business. Today, my guest is Nick Heap, who's joining us from Florida. Nick is a researcher and writer who helps people live better lives through simple breathing practices. You can learn about the power of breath through his newsletter, The Breathing 411, which has just over a thousand subscribers, or find him on Instagram at The Breathing Diabetic. Previously, Nick was an atmospheric scientist and has worked at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and the U.S. Air Force, all of which means he is probably way smarter than I am. Uh, uh, So with that in mind, hey, Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Josh,
1: thanks for having me. And I am the one here asking you questions. So,
0: Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully your questions have nothing to do with jet propulsion. (laughs) or flying cuz if they do this is not going to be a good episode at all. But so with that said, let's let's get into it. I know we're going to talk about some mindset stuff today, some stuff related to selling, and my guess is maybe some stuff broadly related to imposter syndrome and I'll I'll sort of add to that. One of the things I have found over the years is Everybody has imposter syndrome on some level. Anytime I talk about any of it, everybody sort of lights up like, oh, I relate to that. So I think people are going to find this very relatable. So let's start it off. Nick, what is the first thing you want to know?
1: Okay. I want to know how did you overcome the fear, if you had any, of selling your first product?
0: Okay. Fear is, fear is such an interesting topic related to anything, but, but especially related to selling. So I don't necessarily know. I don't remember specifically having a ton of fear, but there certainly was uncertainty and probably on some level I had fear and just kind of blocked it out or, you know, whatever. But I guess before I get deeper into my answer, I'm curious. In your mind, whether specifically to you or other people, what do you think the fear is? Or what would you be afraid of when it comes to selling a product? What are those? So there's kind of two. The
1: first one gets to the next two questions. So I won't. Uh-huh. kind of the imposter, okay. cheesy fakeness stuff. But I guess also, you know, uh, just is this am I worthy of selling something to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what if no one buys it? Of course, uh, everyone has that kind of in the background, like, I've been working toward this so hard. And if no one likes it, th- what does that mean? So kind of I guess though that along the lines of what if it doesn't sell? And then also, mm-hmm. the next two questions really answer like, how do you sell something without feeling cheesy and fake, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll get to that.
0: Okay. So let's, so let's start with the sort of result piece, right? So the, what if it doesn't sell, right? And if you, if you examine the, which by the way, everyone, I still have to this day when I release a new product, right? So let me, let me back up and say the, the first product that I remember selling online that was sort of my own creation was I had a blog called Connected Comedy that was, Designed to help comedians grow their audience and sort of learn how to use social media. This was a long time ago. This was probably 2009, 2008-ish. A very simpler world. So even trying to sell a product online, you know, there weren't things like Gumroad. Like it wasn't even as simple as it is now to just logistically (laughs) sell stuff. But I remember that the first product I created, and I did have those feelings of like, I don't know who's going to buy for me and what do I like? I don't have a big audience and, you know, whatever. But the first product I ever sold was I literally had a Microsoft Word document that I converted into a PDF and I think it was called like 99 places to promote your comedy content. And it was literally a list of websites, message boards, communities, you know, you made a funny, you're a comedian, you made a funny video, here are places you can go to post it, to share it, a list of sort of those those websites and communities, message boards, and a sentence or two description of each one. That was it. I don't know, maybe it was 20, 15, 20 pages. I don't remember how long it was, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything complicated. And I sold it. I think I offered it for like $10. And I certainly was not getting rich on it and I didn't have thousands. I don't even think I had hundreds of sales, but a few people bought it. And I do remember those first sales, not only feeling good, but also feeling like, oh, this is possible. I think that was Mm -hmm. the big lesson to me. Like, you know, it didn't matter if it was hugely successful or not. What mattered was like, I made a thing, I put it out there and somebody bought it, which means it's possible, right? I may not have figured out how to do this. It may not be the greatest product in the world, whatever, but it's possible. And that was super encouraging to me. I think my bar, and I think this speaks to fear, right? My bar for success or failure of that product was incredibly low. It just proved that it was possible, right? I had taken that I had taken that first step. A couple other things, and these are sort of universal things that I think can help relieve some of those fears of what if it doesn't work, and also some of the insecurity about maybe who am I to be selling something, right? If you're starting out, like if you think about that product, I wasn't actually selling my expertise. That was a curated product. People weren't paying for me Even though I had expertise and was blogging and everything every day, and I didn't think about this at the time, but I think about it now looking back, it's very interesting that my first product was not, hey, buy an ebook where I'm telling you all of my, you know, it wasn't that. It was like, hey, here's a bunch of resources that I put together to make it easier for you to find this stuff. So I think for people that are maybe insecure about selling stuff, the imposter syndrome piece One of the easy ways to start is maybe your first product is curated, right? Maybe it's, you're not necessarily selling your own expertise. I'm not suggesting you don't, but I'm suggesting in terms of your own fears, you may have less fear of curating other stuff. And there's lots of different ways to do that, right? You know, you could have a product where maybe instead of a one hour video or course about you teaching stuff, you could interview three experts compile it into a quote unquote course. And it's, you just pulled together three experts sharing their expertise. So I think the first thing is understanding that your product doesn't necessarily have to just be your own expertise. The other thing, and this is is another big one is, it's, you know, the fear of something failing or not selling, it didn't matter if it failed. I knew that this was going to be a success for me no matter what. Because even if nobody bought it or two people bought it, the process of doing it forced me to learn how to sell something. It forced me to learn how to, how do I create, how do I turn a Word document into a PDF? How do I upload a PDF to a site where it can be sold? How do I write a sales page? There's so much value that you can get from a project unrelated to the outcome, which you don't control, right? I knew that even if I sold nothing, I was going to learn a lot from it. And so I think when you frame the selling of something or anything you do for that matter in that way, it removes a lot of those fears because it removes a lot of the risk. I'm going to get value out of this regardless. The other thing I would say is, especially when it comes to selling something, you know, there's really nothing to fear because your costs are relatively low. I'm talking about information products. It's different. If Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to go build an electric car and I hope people buy it. Right. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But if you're talking about information products and your expertise, if it completely flops and nobody buys it, the worst that happens is it costs you the time it took to make it Mm -hmm. and maybe a little ding to your ego. Right. But, the failure's not that bad. The thing you're so worried about, worst case scenario, isn't really bad. And on the, the sort of who am I to be doing this side, right? Or the, the criticism side, which is sort of what you're afraid of, if nobody buys it and nobody sees it, nobody's gonna criticize you and tell you that it sucks. Right? So the thing you're afraid of is like, oh, on both sides, like you're worried about this failure, but the failure's not actually gonna cost you that much. You're going to learn something, even if it doesn't work. I always say this about even free content too, right? Like you might as well experiment and put stuff out there because if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter because nobody saw it. And so in order for people to see it, it will have worked and people will have bought it. So I think all of those things hopefully can help reduce some of those some of those fears and and I know we can in these next questions get a little more into sort of some of the imposter stuff. So let's uh, let's go to the next question. What's the next thing you want to know?
1: All right. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right. I would like to know, are there any unconventional tips for trying to make a living from your passion or purpose, whatever we want to call it, uh, without feeling cheesy or fake or kind of like everyone else on the internet who has a landing page trying to sell something?
0: Okay. Let's start here. Let's get a little a little more specific. so again if if we can talk about you or if you want to make a hypothetical, that's fine as well. but like what's your what's your passion that you want to make a living from? and why do you worry that you or why would you feel cheesy trying to do so?
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah okay, that's perfect. So I talk about breathing a lot, so it's kind of an odd mm-hmm. subject a niche though, right? I, I'm changed my life. Mm-hmm. I'm a type one diabetic. So it, was, it was a health thing that I wanted to share with people. So I just started doing it just to do that. In any case, so now like trying to turn that into could I make a living off of it? Um, it it feels like, you know, a little bit like, okay, now here's just someone else trying to sell me something or, you know, and of course, like I, I read a lot. I follow your newsletter, tons of different newsletters. And and I know that like, of course, it's it would be more of a problem to not do this because it is something I really care about. Mm-hmm. And it's like something I'm super, you know, determined to do, but I still feel cheesy when I try to ask someone for money or I feel like, a, a, you know, like this is just, I'm trying to avoid that. And so I guess that that gets at the the word unconventional uh, that I put in the question, just wondering, mm-hmm. is there anything that, or maybe just you just always feel like that and that's fine too. Just, it's just kind of good to hear from someone that's going. to well, let me let it, me ask you a couple questions why uh
0: when you say you feel cheesy how would you define what you mean by feeling cheesy um let's see so like i have a newsletter and
1: i don't feel cheesy about that it's like i feel like it's valuable mm-hmm. but the minute i try to sell something i feel like mm-hmm. you know uh, i even though i truly believe in the product, everything that I've read, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I do feel like this is my purpose. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, oh gosh, I'm that, I'm that guy now sending an email. Hey, sign up for my course and give me money. Mm -hmm. Even though I really believe in it, I still feel that kind of hesitation that they're going to think, oh, all that material has been given me really was just a a ploy. You know, he's just trying to get me to buy something rather than actually help me.
0: Do you, so let's say, is it something specific that you sell or want to sell? Is it a course? Is it a something or just in general?
1: Right now it's a course. Yeah. So uh, a breathing for diabetes. So super niche and very, yeah.
0: Do you feel like the court, do you truly feel like the course is valuable to people? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Cause I've lived it, you know, I'm just, yeah. Okay.
0: So you truly believe that it helps them. Yes. By the way, it's fascinating that you have these feelings because you're, you're not in a knit. It'd be interesting. Like if it was someone who was like, I don't mean to pick on knitters, but if it was someone who was like, Oh, I teach people in the knit and who really cares about that. And it's not, but you're actually talking about something that is life changing. Like you're talking about people that have real health problems. So it's interesting that And yet you have this insecurity or feel cheesy about something that there's really, like, it's genuinely important and helpful. And it does sound like you believe in the value of the course and the material. So I think what you're describing as feeling cheesy is, I think that you have, and lots of people have this, including me. I think I had a lot of this too. A lot of assumptions about people that sell right? Assumptions. I used to be very anti salesperson, anti selling, like they're sleazy or they're whatever they can, not you know, by the way, I'm married to some, I'm married to someone who sells advertising. So uh, uh, clearly I wasn't that much against it. But I think that the, the cheesy that you feel is that it's based on a whole series of assumptions you have about people who sell. And the first thing I would say is question those assumptions and they're not true. Yes, you know, and there are lots. Go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, I, I almost feel
1: like it's the opposite. I think I have too many assumptions about the people I'm selling to. Like now that I've, I'm trying to do it, I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for people who sell things. I'm like, oh, like mm-hmm. they really found something they care about. It wasn't as cheesy as I you know, like they really found a purpose. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like when I send the message, the people receiving it are like, oh, this guy, he's just been trying to sell me something this whole time, if that makes sense. Uh, and I we well, too much time the
0: assumptions, on the, No, no, it's good. The assumptions you have about the people who you're selling to, have any of them actually said anything negative to you about any of your attempts of to sell? Of course
1: not. <laughs> no, right. it's all in my head, of right. course.
0: Right. right. So why do you, and I'm sure you have bought various products, whether it's a book, wh- like whatever it is, I'm sure there's things that you have bought. And my guess is you didn't have those, like there's things you haven't bought. And maybe you had those assumptions about those people, right? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this, this guy keeps trying to sell me stuff and I'm not interested or I don't trust him, whatever. But why do you have to be one of those? Why can't you be one of the ones that like you've bought front? You buy from people all That's the good time. Point your your assumption about your audience's reaction to quote unquote being sold to or what you're offering is based on nothing. Yeah. Like you said, not a single person has ever said to you. And by the way, even if somebody, you know, I put something in my newsletter recently. My newsletter went to 18,000 people and I got maybe five or 10 responses that were not nice. I'll I'll leave it at that, right? And that doesn't feel great. I also got five or 10 that were very nice about the same thing, but we all feel the negative more than we feel the positive. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. But those five or 10 people that didn't like what I had to say are out of Mm 18,000. Right. So not only were there also five or 10 that were positive. So those cancel out, but five or 10 negative out of 18,000 is nothing. You don't even have five or 10. You have nobody who has said anything about, Nick, I don't like what you're trying to sell me. Right?
1: Not yet. So yeah. I don't know if small sample size.
0: <laughs> but still, Sorry. right? But you still, you have an assumption that isn't based on anything. Yeah. And I think it's important to remind yourself of that. And I think it's also important to remind yourself of yourself as a consumer, you buy things all the time. And you're talking about something very specific. You do truly believe what you have to offer is valuable. And I think I'm going to get into this a little bit in the the, the next question in terms of, well, we'll I'll come back to that. But the other thing that I was going to say is you want to focus your passion on the value that you're providing. If you truly believe it's valuable, which I think you do, although I think there's a part of you that's not sure, and that's also part of why you feel cheesy, you won't allow yourself to be convinced that it's valuable. So one of the things I say a lot about self-promotion, and this applies to selling as well, is that, you know, self-promotion is not a selfish act. It's a generous act. As long as what you're promoting is valuable to those people, right? What would be cheesy is you randomly going on LinkedIn and messaging people who have no idea who you are and going, hey, do you have diabetes? Hey, do you have trouble breathing? Like just randomly, whatever. Talking to people who have opted into your newsletter, no matter how small that audience is, who have specifically said to you, Nick, help me. And saying, hey, here's a way I can help you more is not cheesy. You're serving them. Right. And I think it's just, you need to wrap your head around that. It And remember that you're not talking to people who haven't already said, I want what you have to offer. That's hugely different than I'm going to go cold email people. I'm going to spam call people, right? That's what Mm -hmm. you don't want to be. And that's completely understandable. Your newsletter your audience, the people that communicating to them and saying, Hey, I made this thing. I think it's really going to help you is not bad or cheesy. Well, thanks. Does that, I was going to say, does that help at all? But do you, do you see that that, that, reframe?
1: Yeah, I do. And you know, I, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. That's the unconventional tip I needed right there. You, you okay. just nailed it.
0: So uh, let's get to your <sighs> third question, which I think is going to go deeper into some of this same stuff. So exactly. what's, the, what's the third thing you want to know?
1: I want to know if you have built an audience from giving away free stuff, genuinely, again, just to help, how do you begin selling to your audience without them feeling like that was your goal all along? Yeah.
0: Okay. Once again, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Perfect. Why is it a problem if that was your goal all along. No, no. uh,
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. There isn't a problem with that at all. But I guess because that wasn't my goal when I started, and I feel like a lot of the people that uh, appreciate me, they tell me a lot. I I get a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of interaction and they're so grateful. I mean, it's breathing, right? Breathing is like Mm -hmm. free. It's a big part of it is that it is free. But when you decide, oh, like, I feel like this is my purpose to give this to the world, now how do i pay my bills with it you know then it becomes a mm-hmm. different uh genre so uh, i do not think there's any issue with that being your goal all along of course it's just now since that wasn't i feel like but my why do you, pay... kind of makes...
0: why oh, do God, you think your audience would have an issue with that even if it wasn't your original goal with you shifting why would your audience have a problem mm-hmm. with that and by the way i would add you're not taking away the free information you're offering I, something different of Right, you're not pulling the rug out from under them. You're saying, "Hey, I'm doing this, and you love it. Here's a way that you can get more of it." You're not forcing yeah. you're, you're not saying, "Hey, this newsletter is now only a paid newsletter." Yeah. Right. You're saying, yeah. "Here's this thing, and now I've got this new thing." Why do you think your audience would have a problem with that, or react? Or- I think I think it's like a,
1: uh, and again, this is probably my own self-reflection of things, mm-hmm. so you, you have to keep that in mind, but it's such a fringe topic, right? It's like a, it's kind of like punk rock growing up. That's what I listened to. Like I was a skateboarder. And I was like, I just feel like that was what was kind of unique about what I do is that I'm this guy who's just been giving away stuff for four years now, every week and never asked for anything. And so like, it just feels weird now to be like, oh, now maybe you'll give me some money. Like, and I know that like, again, the way you're saying it, I feel ridiculous mm-hmm. now. But uh, in any case, it's still, it, it's like, that's what kind of made what I do unique is that I was never trying to get anything from anyone. And then now I feel like it'll be like, Oh, okay. He's just like that other health, a billion other health people online now who say they can fix your problems if you just mm-hmm. give them money. And that's not what I'm doing, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to make a living anyways. I'll okay. stop
0: blabbering. So, first of all, almost everyone feels the way you do. So you should not, that's why I was really excited to answer these questions and do this podcast episode because I know tons of people feel how you do. So you should not feel like, oh, it's just you and whatever. I'm going to tell you the key phrase you said in what you just said there, right, was, well, there's two things. So one is I would disagree with the fact that what made you stand out was giving stuff away for free. What made you stand out was the value of what you gave away. Lots of people give stuff away for free. Lots of people don't care about that stuff. Right. So that was not your, you know, I think in your own mind, you've been like, oh, this is my and by the way, this comes from someone who gives away tons of stuff for free. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I completely I completely relate and think it's a very good strategy. But I think it's important to understand, just like with me, what makes me stand out is not that I give stuff away for free. Mm -hmm. It's the value of what I give away. It's the value of what you give away. The key phrase you said was something along the lines of like, I never ask for anything, right? Or I'm the guy that never asked for any. You are not asking for something. You are offering something. Ah yeah.
1: Okay. It's a good point. It's
0: totally different. Right? And this is true of all selling. Mm. Right. You are not asking them to do you a favor. You are not asking them. This is one of the reasons I don't like in general donation models that you see like creators do, please support me on Patreon. I like selling because a donation model, the please support me suggests that what you are offering is not valuable to them. You're just asking them to do you a favor. <laughs> yeah. You're not asking anyone to do your favor. You're saying, I've got this other thing here that's different, that's bigger, that's whatever, that's more specific. I'm offering you this thing that's valuable. More valuable than what you'll pay for it. If you want it, buy it. Great. If you don't, that's cool too. I'm still over here giving you the free stop. When you feel like you are asking people to do something for you, that's the depth of, that leads to you feeling insecure, that leads to you feeling cheesy. In your mind, they're doing you a favor. People that buy from me are not doing me a favor. I'm doing them a favor. I created a thing they can access. Yeah. They don't have to, that's fine, right? That's really, that, it's really important. And I think if you take nothing else away, I think it will totally shift your mindset when you realize you're not asking people to do something for you you're offering them something and i think that gets yeah, yeah. feed into all your sales language <laughs> all your everything hey yeah no, that, that's new, perfect i made a new thing i think you guys might like it if you and do, that's how i feel like right. exactly what
1: you said like i do feel like here's this mm-hmm. thing but uh, if you don't want it that's fine like I, right. i'm you know like i still give you my newsletter i have all this free yep. stuff on my website but I never, yeah. Framing the, it's crazy. And it allows
0: you. It also allows you to get less insecure and more excited about what you're selling. Oh, I'm so glad I create. Look, I created this new thing. I got a new way to help you. By the way, this podcast, even though I'm not quote unquote selling it, is similar, right? It's me going, hey, I got a new thing to offer you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to check it out. Maybe you don't. That's fine. It won't. It won't be for everyone, right? Even if you create a course or whatever, you know, I created a course a couple of years ago called the Newsletter Accelerator. It was a text-only course. There were some people that were like, why isn't this video? Because it's text. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) it is what it is. Like, if you want that, cool. If you only want to watch videos, then that's not for you. And so I think that, because it's hard to ask people to help It's easier to feel like you're helping them. That's the key. That's the key switch. The other thing I would say, sort of one other note about this that's again a sort of mindset shift to wrap your head around. People want to pay for things. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. If you think about it, especially when you get into sort of information products and expertise and that kind of thing, right? Anything people want to learn, they could pretty much learn for free. If they buy my newsletter workshop, they can learn how to grow a news, newsletter for free in a million places. There's podcasts, there's YouTube videos, there's blog posts, a lot of which I've created and other people have created. They don't need to pay for that. They can learn breathing techniques without buying your course. So... Why do people buy things? Why do they buy information products if they don't really need to? And there are a bunch of reasons that people buy for different reasons, but some of it is they want to make a commitment. They want to feel like they're investing in it. They want to have some skin in the game. Again, this goes back to offering a paid product allows them to do that. Versus I read his newsletter. It's different when they pay. Right. It's Mm -hmm. different when they they pay for organization of it of material, right? They pay for, you know, they want to pay to commit to get a transformation or a result that they that they want. Right. The other thing is, in some cases, while I don't love the idea of like give me a donation, it's like they may want to support you. Some people will buy because they're like, you know, I love all the stuff this guy's doing for free. Yeah, let me, you know, let me buy this. Right. So, yes, they want to pay for their own reasons of committing, but some of them also will want to, will want to support you. And the other thing I think is if you offer a product and sell a product for money, it increases the perceived value of your free stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So now, right now, you're giving free stuff and it's maybe super valuable, but you're just a guy who gives free stuff. If you have a product, whether it sells or not, you're the guy that has the paid course about breathing, who's an expert, who's now sharing all this free stuff. The perceived value of your free stuff goes up just by having a paid option. You've positioned yourself in a way that's sort of different. So it gives you more credibility regardless of how many sales you make. If everything is free, everything's a commodity. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's with all of that in mind, it all comes back to sort of what I was, what I was saying originally, which is you are offering, you're not asking.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's the mind. That's the word I needed to change for sure. Cause yeah, I feel like I'm asking for some reason, even though I, yeah, deep down, I know I'm offering something. I'm really proud of it and all Mm -hmm. that, but I, yeah, yeah. I think subconsciously I was thinking, oh, I'm here I go asking when I'm not, I'm offering. A yeah, course. and so it, yeah. it's interesting. Awesome.
0: Even when you go, even when you drill down into like writing sales pages or promoting it in your newsletter or whatever the product is, you know, it's interesting if you write it up and then look at it and go, okay, is this offering or asking? You'll see a yeah. lot of people in their sales language, they're asking. You know, they're almost like sort of begging and pleading versus going a much more straightforward. Hey, I made this thing. It's going to help you do this. If you want to check it out, Here you go. You know, I sell when people subscribe to my newsletter, they get a welcome email and I invite them to reply, tell me what they're working on. And then I'll reply back to them and I'll give them some suggestions. Oh, here's a blog post you might find interesting or this might help you with that, whatever. And a lot of times I'll usually include a a sales promotion for one of my paid products. I don't ask, I offer. I go, Mm -hmm. oh, and by the way, like you said, you wanted to grow your newsletter. I have this newsletter booster workshop. You might find it helpful. You know, Mm -hmm. I shared something in my newsletter the other day about someone had run a test. I think it was, it was with copy on sales pages. And they said using words like might or may, as opposed to this will whatever, increase credibility and ultimately increase sales. But I went the other thing that all, all my headlines after you sent right, that. right? Exactly. But the <laughs> other thing that's doing, if you think about it, might is much more offer language than ask. Yes. Yep. It's not please buy this because this is gonna blah 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 blah. It's I made a thing. It might help you. Yep. If you're interested in it, here it is. And if you think about yourself as a customer too, how would you want to be sold? Like you would much rather have the guy you know, or women, or, you know, let's say you're buying a car, you would much rather have them go, you know, this might be the right fit for you if you're blah, 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 blah. Versus this is the perfect car for you. You'd be crazy yep. to look at anything else, Yep. you know? So that that's the big, that's my big takeaway, which by the way, I don't think I've actually ever said to to anyone before. So I appreciate you giving me the chance to come up with this, but offering, not asking is the, the big takeaway. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Love cool. it. So as we wrap up here, anything for people that want to get more of your stuff, where should they go? Where can they get your newsletter? Uh, where do you want to send?
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thebreathingdiabetic.com is where you can find me. That's where you can sign up for my 411 newsletter. And then if you're on
0: Instagram, I'm there at The Breathing Diabetic. Great. And if anyone wants more of my nonsense, you can get my newsletter fortheinterested.com slash subscribe. You can check out my skill session video workshops at joshspector.com slash sessions. If you would like to talk about hiring me, I do coaching calls and consulting, joshspector.com slash consulting to learn about that. I'm on Twitter pretty much all day, every day at Jay Spector. And if you would like to be a guest on this podcast and come ask me three questions, you can go to joshspectercom slash questions to apply, and that's about it. Thank you for your interest, and I will see you next week.